Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There's no way to look at the numbers and not come to the realization that, holy cow, Republicans are going to clobber Democrats. There's just no way to look at it and say that this is even remotely close. You're going to look at Pennsylvania and say, oh, well, as you know, John Fetterman is the future. Nobody believes that this is the future. Summer of 1986, I, uh, I think every, everyone that ever plays holiday, uh, football in, in high school was, you know, at a kind of like a trade, trade-out kind of uh, football camp. And uh, wasn't, wasn't, there wasn't any interest to have me come play here, you know. Pennsylvania's not voting for that guy. Oh, don't get me wrong. There are progressives who will vote for that guy who will tell you that everything's just fine, but they lied. The lying is all that's left because to engage properly on the conversations that we're really having would require them to recognize the failure of policies that they've put forward. And since they refuse to do that, they must rely on abortion, January 6th, and you're a racist. That's the totality of the argument. That argument is going to cost them the House, and I'll get into it. It's going to cost them the Senate. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, what is going on? 833-GOT-TONY. That is the number, 833-468-8669. Of course, the whole conversation with what's going on with, with Twitter. Huge, huge part of the day, and there's an update on that uh, threat to synagogues in New Jersey. Uh, I, uh, I I will have that as well. And then there's Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert wants you to know that, yeah, he got it wrong, but it doesn't matter. What did he get wrong? Well, he got wrong uh, this, this story uh, about... The Republican Michigan gubernatorial candidate, Tudor Dixon. Uh, she she uh, was telling a story as she's running against Gretchen Whitmer, the Democrat, uh, telling a story about how um, somebody uh, came to her uh, and, and was discussing uh, the election, was discussing what was going on with schools and... Uh, Look at this content I found in my school library describing how to have sex to my son. It's just wrong. And Colbert acted like that never happened. Colbert's comment was, you know, she made it up. I mean, he tried to make it funny, but he he failed miserably. Turns out she didn't make it up. The man who made this statement to her came, uh, came forward his name is Khalil Othman. It's like, how dare you uh, say I don't exist? So Colbert comes out, does an apology. Here's the thing. I don't make many mistakes that I'm willing to admit, but when I do, I'm big enough to admit them. During a debate, she told a story that, frankly, I doubted. You didn't doubt it. You said that it was made up. 
And he goes, this very real person, because the person's real, deserves an apology because he says, to claim that I'm not here, I don't exist, I'm not human, that's absolute ignorance. So I would like to apologize. It's a terrible thing for someone to deny your very existence just as trans people. Therefore, I, Stephen Colbert, acknowledge that you exist and ask that you forgive me. Just like trans people. He See? See, got a little, got a little dig in there. Did Stephen Colbert. Your objective, your purpose, is to try and denigrate the campaign in Michigan of Tudor Dixon. That race, according to Real Clear Politics, is looking like a pickup for Republicans. Because as they see it, the polling here, which has Whitmer up in the last days, shows her what by four and a half percent. Also says it's underestimating the Republicans by 2.8. That would show Whitmer winning. But the trending is all in the direction of Tudor Dixon. Can she win that race? I don't know. But you can clearly see that there's not this big, huge push for someone like Gretchen Whitmer. A Republican making it very, very tight. And think about all the built-in advantages Gretchen Whitmer has, like Stephen Colbert on the payroll. And, of course, this line that she keeps using. She keeps, it's, it's really something else. Gretchen Whitmer has somehow got it in her head that she did not close schools. That's in, in, in her weird view in the world of COVID, schools were only closed for, I, I, think, I think it was like three months. That's it. Schools were closed for three months. You're like, what, what are you, what are you even talking? They were closed for much more than three months. Why would you say that schools were only closed for three months? That's just a flat-out lie. But she won't stop saying it. She won't stop pushing it. That could be one of the many reasons she's got in such a tight race in Michigan. But it's a funny thing about the late-night host, because Jimmy Kimmel has lost half his fan base over Trump criticisms. That's according to him according to his own statement from The Hollywood Reporter. He was asked whether ABC ever said to him, could you just not attack this side and lay off a little bit because we're going to lose these people? And according to Kimmel, he goes, there was uh, at one time, maybe, I don't know, right around the beginning of this whole Trump thing where there was kind of hinted at, but I just said, listen, I get it. I don't disagree. I mean, you're right. I just said, if that's what you want to do, I understand that I don't begrudge you for it, but I'm not going to do that. So if you want somebody else to host the show, then that's fine. That's okay with me. I'm just not going to do it like that. So Jimmy Kimmel pushed back on the network. The network folded. And so he's been carte blanche to be unfunny for years. He thinks he has humorous statements about Trump. He doesn't. All of this is boring. 
The hosts think that Kimmel and people like Seth Meyers are doing a public service. Do you? Because their job is in public service. This is the problem. The job of the late night host is to make you laugh, engage uh, interesting conversation, and skewer power. That's the job. So if you tell a Trump joke, there's nothing wrong with that. If you go on a bender about Trump, you're boring. You're just plain boring. This is what they do. This is what they do. It's exactly the same thing for these elections. Trump 24-7 is boring. Just plain boring. And it doesn't connect to where the American people are. Talking about Trump doesn't help them understand the rise in gas prices. I love it because I I was talking about this yesterday on social media. I was actually doing a little work on Twitter. And people in in my beloved Indiana, uh, they were like, well, the problem with gas prices in Indiana is Governor Eric Holcomb and Republicans and their gas taxes. Um. My, my my dear, sweet, sweet uh, uh, fans, because they're fans. You understand it. You understand. They're, they're just upset that they can't date me. Well, that, that, that's what Ocasio-Cortez said. I'm just, you know, it's just proving it true. The gas taxes in Indiana are way too high. Way too high. They absolutely, positively has to be addressed. They have to, the, or the, the taxes have to be addressed. They have to be addressed. The whole situation does. Of course they should be reduced. I remember when I moved here and there was a gas tax increase. And they were going to use it. I think it was a gas tax, right? They were going to use it for roads. And my argument is not that you might need money for roads. You might very well need uh, uh, money for roads. The infrastructure does need to be cared for. But at every turn, this Republican Party in the state of Indiana, the weirdest Republican Party in the country, may I add, they're okay with tax increases. It's nuts. It's kooky. And there are a lot of us who find it horrific, who find it super problematic. But the gas prices increasing across the country aren't because of Indiana taxes. And the people who tweet that out are, and, and I mean this kindly, no, nope, not going to say it, not going to say it, no, no, not going to, not going to say it, I, I was going to say it, and then I'm like, you know what, I, I shouldn't say it, so I'm not uh, going to say it, so instead, I, I will play a little tit, a little bit of um, Alexander Hamilton. I am not throwing away my shot, I am not throwing away my shot, you know I'm just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, There, I just had to get it out of my head. It would, guys, could have cost myself some bucks and maybe a job. And and if I'm gonna go out, I'm going out way better than that joke. Oh, oh, good lord. Whoo. Yeah, uh, the gas taxes in Indiana are too high, but that's not the reason why we have high gas prices. That's just not the reason why. But good effort, good try. You know. uh Best of luck to you trying to get that one done again. If all you talk about is Trump, if all you talk about is Elon Musk, 
You're, 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 you're missing the forest for the trees. You're not engaged where people are. That's the problem with these late-night hosts, which is why they have no sway. A late-night host on one of the networks, even though we live in a world of Netflix, should have incredible sway. You may never have what Carson had, but you should be able to make news. Do any of these guys? Doesn't it bother you, Jimmy Kimmel, that you don't have the impact of the view? You don't have the impact of Sharon Osbourne. You don't have the impact of Piers Morgan. Don't you know that that's on you? Don't you know that when you make this joke, you're connecting to no one? President Biden last night gave a speech on the state of democracy. Turns out it's not great. It's um, thanks to the lies that have been spread by, uh, I won't mention his name, but a sore loser former president. Uh, things are bad. Biden talking about Trump last night felt like Gandalf talking about Sauron. Tell your master the armies of Mordor must disband. Lord of the Rings, no nerds here? Okay. But- The midterm elections are on Tuesday, and we have a tough decision ahead. On the one hand, our democracy is being threatened by extremists who want power at all costs, even if it means burning us to the ground. On the other hand, gas is $4 a gallon now. So uh, this is the time when campaigns pull out all the stops. You think it's funny? You think it's funny that shelves uh, have less and less on them? You think it's funny that businesses can't get access to goods you think it's it's funny that people who drive for a living are paying more and more and it's coming out of their pocket you think it's funny the disconnect the disc you're supposed to be connected to the people but no you're not and considering you admit jimmy kimmel you lost over over half your fan base what do you care because you're playing to the small sliver of audience that is already going to do what you want So you have no power. You do have, though, a really, really well-dressed set of an echo chamber. That isn't what you want. You want to reach people. Sure, you can have a base and make money from them. I'm not saying he's not making money. ABC has decided we can make enough money for this. It's good enough. Good enough. Good Lord. Did you ever think you'd see people so low-minded? No, ABC wants to tell you what to say, and you push back on them. You know what? You're right about that. But you also should have pushed back on the people in the echo chamber who said, if you don't say this, we won't invite you to the parties. ABC, you can get tough with. The Democratic Party, you bow down, and you take every note that they give you. It's good to know that... uh. Some places you stand up and some places you'll gladly lay down. Too bad you don't stand up for America. That's, I think that's the story, Jimmy. And the election results prove it. I'm Tony Katz. So that jobs report came out and the market immediately popped and now it's like, eh, maybe not. Because you look at those numbers, 261,000 jobs, right? Better than the expected 205,000. You're like, okay, 
all right, maybe maybe this is uh, good. And the answer is, eh. You've got uh, the um, participation rate that's up. The overall unemployment went up to 3.7%. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, participation rate went down. Apologies. Participation rate uh, went down, which is never good. Uh, unemployment rate uh, went up. I don't think you've done anything here to change any conversation that America's having about inflation. And then came this story that I think is getting very little coverage. Subaru does a lot of production in the state of Indiana. My beloved Indiana. And Subaru has put together an electric vehicle called the Solterra. The 2023 Subaru Solterra. And you could argue it's a Toyota with a, with a Subaru face, however it is you want to describe it. Well, Subaru builds in Indiana, the Outback, the Legacy, the Impreza, the Ascent, but not this. Their argument is, in Indiana, this according to the CEO, part-time workers at McDonald's earn 20 to $25 per hour, which is in competition with what temporary workers make at our plant. If we were to build a new plant, it would be very difficult to hire new people for that. Labor costs are rising now. It is quite challenging for us to secure workers for our Indiana plant, including those of suppliers. Oh. Oh, my. You can't build cars in Indiana because you're up against the people who are working at McDonald's? I I argue that this one is a legit, curious head-scratcher. I had somebody on, on Twitter yelling at me, we need to increase the minimum wage because when you increase the minimum wage, there's a great ripple effect. We're talking about McDonald's, you know... Paying $20 an hour? You want to talk to me about the minimum wage? The minimum wage is nonsense. It should be zero. Allow people to actually negotiate in their best interest. Because no one's paying $7.25 an hour or $7.50. They're paying 20 bucks. You can't build cars in Indiana because the guy who goes, you want fries with that, is making an equivalent amount of dollars. Meanwhile, there are races going on all over the place. Janine Lee Lake. Democrat running for Congress in the 5th District of Indiana. She's up next. So many races, so little time. But there are races going on where they don't get the coverage. They don't get the the, the talk. One of those is the 5th District of Indiana. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys, good to be with you. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. The incumbent is the Republican, Victoria Sparks. Running against her is Janine Lee Lake. The website, Janine, J-E-A-N-N-I-N-E. Janine Lee Lake for Congress.com. Uh, and in all the... Um, the the invitations we had made to uh, people to talk about their races, we didn't think about the fifth. I live in the fifth. It has so not been a conversation in the public eye. We didn't send one out, and Janine reached out to us and said, hey, I'm running here. 
and we said you're absolutely right. You're running here. Uh, thrilled to have you on the show. Janine Lee Lake joins us right now. Janine Lee Lake for Congress.com, Democrat, uh, running for the Congressional 5th District uh, of Indiana. Uh First, I appreciate you reaching out. You're right, and, and thank you so much for, for doing so. I apologize for not inviting you earlier. Let's get into your race. As you take a look at the 5th District of, of Indiana, as you take a look at the national landscape, what is a message maybe you started with in this race, and has that message changed as the environment around you has changed? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much, Tony, for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Um, I did feel a little bit uh, like Cinderella that had been left out of the ball for a little bit uh, with regards to WIBC, but I appreciate being able to be on now and for you all taking time to uh, meet with my staff and get us scheduled. So thank you very much for that. Um, when I started uh, this race back in early, what, February, was February 1st on uh, February, um, what was it? Black History Month was the first day when I filed. Uh, yes, it was a little bit of a different landscape. Uh, we came in knowing that uh, the incumbent with the newly drawn lines uh, would be uh, ahead by between 14 and 17 percent uh, for any Democrat that won, and that uh, with Marion County, Indianapolis, and uh, that area being taken out of the fifth, as well as the Zionsville area, which had just elected a mayor uh, of the Democratic Party. We knew that it was an uphill battle, but um, considering uh, what has happened since then, uh, since the primary, I won, uh, beat my primary opponent 60% to 40%. Um, since then, we've had, uh, we're in a post row era. And we've heard from many, many women, uh, women who make up more than a little bit more than half of the population, um, that they are concerned about their reproductive rights. They're concerned about uh, not uh, having bodily autonomy and feeling as if, you know, someone has made them now a second-class citizen uh, with fewer rights than our mothers and grandmothers. And so we do have, uh, I believe, a different paradigm. Uh, we're in a different uh, environment, and I'm hoping that that coupled with the idea that uh, my opponent, Ms. Um, Starts, um, who has been deemed worst boss, I guess, by Politico and some other uh, articles that uh, made note of the fact that uh, even with her Republican staff, uh, she has had the highest rate of turnover for employees of any member of the House of Representatives or United States Congress. Uh, I'm sorry, the United States Senate in particular, they're saying that she's berating and divisive and degrading to their staff. Uh, and so I thought with uh, two or three of those things that have changed and uh, um, I thought that I would have a, have an opportunity. And then when I met her, um, there were two things that, you know, that really struck me as, as a reason to run and, and to stay strong in this race. One, um, she made a promise to me on, on camera on 4th of July that she would debate, debate me and she decided she would change her mind. Uh, we had set a date with the League of Roman Voters on October the 5th, and she decided not to show that. And uh, just about two months ago, I ran into her at a Chamber of Commerce uh, event, and she looked straight at me and called me Jennifer. <laughs> so I'm not sure if she realizes that, you know, all African-Americans don't look alike. 
or what? Um, I think that might be a bit <laughs> of a stretch right there. I don't think that's the road necessarily we should all be going down to make that kind of accusation. Talking to Janine Lee Lake, Janine Lee Lake for Congress, Democrat running for Congress in Indiana's 5th District. Someone who says they're going to debate and then doesn't debate, I think that's absolutely fair play. But I must take it back to where you started. You start with the conversation of abortion. And I, I tell you that that kind of hits peculiar. We we see inflation. We see gas prices. We, we, we see uh, wages uh, not keeping up with inflation. We see a, a jobs report where the unemployment rate goes up uh, from 3.5 to 3.7. Yet abortion, you believe, is the is the top driver in the Indiana 5th District? Well, um, Hamilton County itself, while it, uh, I think, um, I believe that the last race that um, Sparks won by just was under 4 to 5% against Christina Hill. Um, Hamilton County is the healthiest, the wealthiest, and uh, healthiest, wealthiest, and the, uh, the most educated uh, county. And it, that's where a lot of the votes are. Most, most all the votes are there. And we've noticed that uh, the polling that we've done there, uh, a lot of women, a lot of suburban women are very concerned about abortion rights. Um, it's not even as if they want necessarily maybe uh, in, in childbearing years, but they don't want anyone uh, to be able to make those decisions for them. One of the, the lines that runs through my campaign is the government overreach. And I might not be your regular uh, Democrat, but I'm a, I'm a Christian moderate Democrat is how I see myself. Uh, not only do I not want anybody telling me what to do with my body in terms of reproductive rights, I've been probably one of the few Democrats have, have talked about the fact that I'm not vaccinated with uh, the COVID vaccine. Um, I personally didn't feel as if uh, that was for me. I've been sick when I took the uh, the uh, influenza virus um, uh, vaccine, uh, and I didn't. I'm afraid of myself in the hospital, so I was never going to take it. That and the idea that you know there was not enough research for me uh, in general, and certainly not for African American females. So I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. And then, secondly, with regards to the uh, the the mandates, um, total government overreach. Um, I don't believe in that. I never did. Uh, I espoused that and found myself uh, in unfamiliar, uh, <laughs> unfamiliar territory as a Democrat. But that's that's where I'm at. I'm also a two A girl. Um, I support uh, uh, Second Amendment rights. My dad and my grandfather's both pastors. Uh, we've always had weapons to protect ourselves and our families, and so um, I just uh, I, I feel as if I can relate to some of those uh, those moderate Republicans uh, throughout the fifth district. This runs now in six counties, which is Hamilton, Madison, Delaware, uh, Tipton, uh, Howard, and Grant. And I feel as if I've been able to make some good headway. It's it's a tighter race than than most people think, and I've been able to to fly under the radar a bit. So my hope is that we get the W on Tuesday. You talk about it being a, a tighter race. Um, am I to take it you you have some internal polling you can share with us? Well, about two months ago we did a poll that took us out about forty three percent, and then. Uh, Maybe six, maybe four or five weeks ago, we did another poll, which had us a few, a few points higher than that, and so um, we believe we're we're within striking distance of Victoria Sparks, and we're doing everything we can this last week to uh, get to the fifty percent mark. There's only two of us this time. There's no libertarian in the race, and so it's between me and her. And I, you know, I think with a with a with with 
uh, women being so so concerned right now um, when they look across at me and they look across at Victoria and they see someone who has consistently supported a hundred percent total abortion ban, even in the cases of rape, incest, and life of the mother. Um, I know these other things are important, but if we're coming down to brass taxes at the end of the day, I just think that we're going to have the women that show up for the Democrat candidates, especially uh, hopefully on the on the uh, state level, but also on the federal level, because Senator Lin- Senator or L- Lindsey Graham has already said that he wants to uh, bring that uh, and to make it a federal ban. No, hold on. Just 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 for a clarification, it's Senator Lindsey Graham who says he wants to put a cap on abortion at 15 weeks, which would be a far greater number than the vast majority of nations uh, across the, the, the globe, which do it at 12 weeks. Talking to Janine uh, Lee Lake, uh, she is running for Congress Democrat in the 5th District of Indiana. You can find out more about her at Janine, J-E-A-N-N-I-N-E, Janine Lee Lake for congress.com uh, again abortion to you is is the front and center uh, subject but if we're going to talk about what america sees as the front and center subject which is inflation how is what is the janine lee, lee lake theory about how we bring down uh, inflation do you favor a reduction of spending what, what do you what is the economics that you want to bring to congress well, let me just say this. Um, although I was not a, a fan of, of Donald Trump, um, I felt as if he had some character issues, particularly with lying. And as a pastor's daughter, and like I said, as, a, as the daughter of a, a granddaughter and daughter of, of pastors, that's been a, I've been a person of faith and I've tried to live my life a certain way. Um, but that being said, President Trump when it came to policies, especially some of the things that he promoted, I'm all about America first. Um, we're not trying to. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be the U.S. Uh, the representative of, of another country. Um, this is the country that I represent. America should be first. Uh, we we do too much trying to police the world. Uh, in my opinion, uh, although I you know I run a charity, a nonprofit charity to help people that are needy and 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 unfortunate in situations, but at the same time too. Um, I don't believe that uh, we should, you know, always try to save everybody all the time. Um, and if we do, we need to be more careful about how we spend our dollars. Um, so that being said, okay, moving back to uh, inflation. Inflation is, you know, at the top of, uh, of I think, uh, in general, men and women. I'm not sure about women specifically, uh, but I know it is a concern. I'm sitting inside of our RV. Uh, we have a road to a November RV uh, tour that we've been doing for the last uh, two or three months. And uh, I think in 2018, when we had an RV, when I ran against Craig Pence, it literally cost almost $100 on the spot to fill up. Now it's it's almost $200 on the on the spot to fill up. Um, I feel the pain and the pain of uh, Hoosiers that are hurting with regards to that. Um, I do believe that at the very beginning, I think that this is a global issue. It's not just an American issue. Um, you know, it's nations all over the world are experiencing high inflation. Um, I think that Joe Biden is had, uh, you know, looked at several things and passing the Inflation Reduction Act, whether or not that was dealing with the prescription costs, whether or not that was helping small businesses, um, you know, grow and with tax credits and things like that. 
um, I think that those are issues to think about. I think that um, looking at um, looking at looking forward, I guess, and looking at some of the the gas taxes that could have been enacted as prices increased, uh, federal gas tax. I think he was trying to do a, a suspension on the federal gas tax. That didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Uh, here in Indiana, I mean, they actually went back into uh, into uh, into session and could have suspended the Indiana gas tax, which it, back in June I think raised uh, to fifteen to fifteen cents, and then just the other day it went up another one or two one or two points. Um, you know, it, there are things that can be done, uh, and I think uh, as we go into twenty twenty three. My hope is that instead of it being constant where we're just blaming people and spending so much time uh, demonizing the other side, that we start to have – that hopefully we elect more people that are in the middle um, come Tuesday that are not – But isn't it okay to note that maybe a policy is a is, is a bad policy, a, a policy of, of not engaging energy independence or energy security, as I refer to it, might indeed be a bad policy. That's acceptable, correct? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I mean, do I think that what Joe Biden did in terms of, um, uh, you know, kind of making uh, America less, you know, more more dependent on foreign oil was a good idea? No. So I'm not one of those people that just will side him with my party just because it's my party. Uh, there is a line that says uh, Democrats fall in love, uh, Republicans fall in line. <laughs> Without a doubt, we love these candidates. We want to help them and all this stuff. But uh, whether or not Republicans like the candidate or not, they're going to fall in line and vote for them and, and, and say that, in my opinion, that they're right. I'm not one of those people uh, at all. Um, I don't believe that we should uh, you know, do anything to decrease uh, domestic production of oil. Um, I think that that was a mistake from day one. I would never think that that was a good idea. So, um you know, I just, you're talking to the wrong candidate if you if you would expect me to say that that was a good idea. No, it was not. Um, I came, I come in with no expectations. I'm only glad we're having the conversation. Janine Lee Lake, J-E-A-N-N-I-N-E, Janine Lee Lake for Congress.com, Janine Lee Lake for Congress.com, Democrat running in the 5th Congressional District of Indiana. You can check out the site for yourself. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. Uh, you got a couple more days of campaigning uh, to do. We'll be watching the race. We'll be looking for the results. Janine. Lee Lake for Congress.com. Can't thank you enough. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. In the, put it on, I guess we put it in the category of unreported. This one's unreported. China, to deal with COVID, has stuck with radical lockdowns. And we knew the stories from uh, about a year ago, maybe a little bit less. Uh, People had to stay in their homes. They weren't able to get food. Food wasn't being delivered to them. They were screaming for for out of hunger, screaming for freedom out the windows. And the Chinese Communist Party would send drones out telling people to resist the urge to be free. These are awful people, these communists. But it was reported that COVID-19 cases in China hit their highest in two and a half months. And they are sticking by their strict containment. But it's destroying their business. It's destroying their markets. It's destroying their economy because people aren't working. 
they're keeping people locked in their homes. People aren't going to work. Their economy is taking a hit, and they're not changing course. We can talk about China's strength all we want, but in the end, communism destroys itself. I just hope they get on with it already and without all the unbelievable mass casualties that Stalin and Lenin brought. I'm Tony Katz.